minutes of our lives inside Either we're in traffic at work or close eyes How about we all agree that it's way overdue to take back our lives What's up, guys? Welcome on into the Work Rubber Podcast. I'm your host, Roy Edwards, and this is the podcast where we talk about technology, tech trends, artificial intelligence, collaborative intelligence, the ability to work wherever so you can live every day like it is Saturday. And today is a special episode because I got I got Sydney here. Hi. And uh, Sydney is my co-host, and uh, when she's not echoing, she contributes a lot to the show. So welcome on in, Sid. Thanks. Today's episode is going to be what? What's what are we doing today? We're gonna do like a wrap up, put a little bow on all of our favorite uh, topics from 2022. That's right. It is the end or beginning. Of, it's either the beginning of 23 or the end of 22, however you want to say. But we are going to talk about the year that was, our favorite moments, or you know, lack thereof. I guess. Should we do some predictions for 2023? I like that. Well? We can do some predictions. We can definitely do some predictions. So we're going to just going to kind of talk about our favorite or not so favorite moments of the year. They all seem pretty bad. They're pretty bad. <laughs> not going to lie. I was going through the articles. Guys, there aren't many good ones. So, which we'll start. How do you want to start? You want to start? How about you start? I'll let you start. You can kick this off. Ladies first. All right. So, I mean, when I think of like the beginning of this year, at least a lot of what I was focusing on, mm -hmm. a lot of things that I was finding was like the great resignation. The great resignation. A lot of like the news articles that I would send out newsletters on had to do with that. We've kind of forgotten about that. Yeah. As a. Moved past. We've kind of moved past that because now here at the end of the year, we're kind of seeing the inverse where we're seeing all of these layoffs. And so the focus has been on the twenty to 30,000 people that have been laid off by big tech and how awful that is. But we forget that at the beginning of this year, it was the other way around, where we had the great resignation. Where well, the it was, last couple of years, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 2022, the beginning of the year, was definitely still part of the great resignation, where you had people just leaving their jobs willy-nilly. You know, and which might still be the case too for it non tech definitely companies. still is. The great resignation has not died out. It's just not the headlines that it was, uh, you know, January, February of this year. Mm -hmm. You know, the beginning of this year definitely started with the great resignation, which was then followed up by what what do they call it? Quiet quitting, right. which quiet quitting was people who quit their jobs, but just hadn't told anybody yet. And were just chilling. <laughs> receiving a paycheck. So all of that, when you take into the great resignation and you take into quiet quitting, and then you look at like Elon, who was very vocal about his layoffs and saying that people weren't doing anything. And then you look at the 30,000 people have been laid off during the, this tech, 
major tech bubble burst. That is definitely something that I think 2022 will be remembered for. Great mm-hmm. resignation for sure. Which the great resignation was what people leaving for placing personal uh, what wellness wellness right above their current positions. Which right. to your point came a lot out of COVID. COVID locked us in our houses, literally. And then we had to focus on what was most important to us. Was it our health, or our family, or? I was a part of it. I did it early this year. Yeah. And then I came here. You were part of the great resignation. So yeah. we, what went into your thought process? Like, what were you looking for? Definitely, like, personal well-being, state of mind. I just got to the point where I wanted, like, my time back to do yeah. things a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that, I think COVID did that to a lot of people where it was, it was no more. I know that personally, prior to 2020, I was in an office space. We had an office and I would go to the office and I would go work. Now I was a remote employee, so I don't want mean to make it seem like I was some nine to five every day in the office type person because I wasn't, but I'll never go back to an office again. I might, if we, we've talked about setting up an office for us as a business, again, where we can hold like trainings and do things like that, but we will never be a nine to five office organization. We would just have a location similar to the studio. Although for those of you who don't know, the studio is in my house. This is my basement. So um, it's an area in my basement. It's not like <laughs> I have some studio that I, that I built, you know, at a warehouse or something like that. This, this is in my house. So. I'll forever be a work from home. I'll never go back. And COVID just stamped that for me. Right. You know, reminder of what's important. Going, you know, eating dinner with the family, being home, not driving in the dark to and from work. Those are all things that played into it. And I think that 2022, you know, there's an article that I have pulled up that says, well, that's not it, but it says what the work work they say work anywhere probably because we have trademarked work wherever i'm always surprised i hear work from wherever work anywhere but i like we're work i did see it actually the other day though trademark pending yeah i, I sent know. you a picture after like, oh. you sent me that picture i was like <laughs> oh no reached out to my trademark people work whenever mm-hmm. but yeah work from anywhere takes off says mm-hmm. this article which i do think that is when we really think about COVID or the pandemic or the last two years, whatever you want to call it, because really 2022 is coming to an end, but we are really, this is kind of the post COVID pandemic year where this was the first year that we really opened up as a world. Certain countries had already kind of opened up and, you know, but this year was back to normal ish as a year and i think that that's what will this this year and the last two years will really be known for is kind of the not kind of but the acceleration and the promotion of work wherever and the remote work culture which i think to your so you're asking like what's next i think the four-day work week is next I think the zero day work week is next. I think that we're going to see this acceleration of artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. 
in the workplace through collaborative intelligence, hopefully, please God, hopefully they listen to this podcast and they take it as collaboration, collaborative intelligence. And I think that we're only going to see more. So this, this article that I'm reading says working from anywhere takes off with which what night it says either been maintained or have 90% of organizations have reported a positive improvement over remote work with 80% of companies involved saying they would stick to a four day work week beyond the end of, of their trial. So, so it mentions four day work week as well. It does. So I, you know, I think the work, the four day work week, work, work, wherever, work anywhere, remote work, whatever you want to call it. The whole premise of this podcast, this was really the, I don't want to say it was the introduction of it because it's been here for a while, but this was kind of the global kickoff party where we've moved into a global economy. Now, if you think that's a good or a bad thing, I'll leave that for another podcast, but we have opened up the global economy to allow for people to be working anywhere which work wherever i think that's a good thing and if you're listening to this podcast you probably think it's a good thing too Mm -hmm. but yeah rise of quitting quiet quitting i think they're all related definitely the four-day work week quiet quitting the great resignation i think those are all related definitely something that the last two years and 2022 will be remembered for collaborative intelligence i mean it all goes together (laughs) makes it easier for you to work from absolutely 100 percent now, it's not all good and it wasn't all good year. I'll get into another big news <laughs> that happened this year. And that was Twitter confirmed the completion of Elon Musk's $44 billion acquisition deal, which and depending on who you are, it is good or bad. Depending news. on who you are. This I think it's good. I think it's probably a good thing, too. But this was definitely took up a lot of the headlines in 2022, which Elon Musk buying Twitter First, it was rumored that he was going to buy it. And then there was the huge uh, cover-ups that social medias in general did of of uh, pushing down articles that had to do with political elections and the, the cover-ups that the big tech families. did. What was it? And their families. Yeah. I mean, there was so much around uh, big technology and uh, the suppressing of news articles. Right. And cover-ups and um, the different uh, election news that were being posted of the of the different uh, the different elections, whether it's the November elections of of twenty one or the presidential elections of twenty, it all kind of came out in twenty two, which kind of prompted Musk and to banning re- people and right all these things. which the forty fifth you know our forty fifth president is still actually he just got lifted yeah. hasn't tweeted yet. No matter how much Elon pokes at him to, to tweet. <laughs> have you read some of his tweets? I think they're so funny. Who? Elon Musk. Uh, yeah, I have an alert whenever oh, he tweets. I love it. Yeah. I love for a while he had his location as just hell. Was it? Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I'm not like some huge Elon Musk fan. Right. I actually think that he's a pretty bad person. I I think that he is more bad than good. I don't think that he thinks that. But I think a lot of what he's doing with some of the things that he talks about and a lot of the podcasts that he went on this year. I think he's less bad than some people. 
I don't think there's a whole lot of good in the world right now. Oh, yeah. A lot of what he's trying to do, like the whole Neuralink putting brain chips in people's heads so that they become robots. And I think that's terrible. I think that's a really bad, really bad thing to move. Now, he sees. I mean, and that's a lot of like, I feel like when I searched like tech 2023 predictions, predictions. It's, I came up with like a lot of AI, yeah, a lot of like metaverse, 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 yeah, um, yeah, a lot of VR, VR for me. It's interesting. I think all that stuff is gimmicky, uh, except for artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence, collaborative intelligence, machine learning has been the future for a while. Mm-hmm. There's like VR trends. I think it's more of like the gaming industry and this might sound weird but stick with me guys a lot of the tech trends that we see from a consumer basis stems from the porn industry and i that's like a weird thing to think about but generally speaking the porn industry usually pushes the web and this is going to sound weird too wrestling wwe pushes the sports industry they're kind of the trial grounds for consumerism and technology as it pushes. If you look at the XFL, the original XFL, mm-hmm. cameras, the the suspended camera, the cameras and microphones in the huddle, the that all came from the XFL before it went into the NFL. All came from the XFL. Same with wrestling. A lot of that scripted stuff, a lot of that, um, a lot of those technologies that came from wrestling and and it we saw it put into sports thereafter. The porn industry has done a lot with VR. Now I will say I don't participate in that, but for those that do, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting, and I keep an eye on it because do you have it's a tech. VR? I do not have a VR, mm-hmm. but I do know that they have pushed a lot of their vr interactive crap and you're starting to see it that's been happening for years and you're starting to see it more so now in everyday life so i would not be surprised to see more vr and consumerism like how things are being done and and uh the purchasing of things i can see i can see where you're coming from though for sure yeah i think that we'll like, I think it'll be more augmented reality than mm-hmm. virtual reality. It is weird that have you ever watched like Black Mirror? Yeah, <clears throat> I've seen a few episodes, but I don't really, I, we've, we've talked about this. I don't we like have it. a little bit, but some of them do go into like um, a lot of them like start to wrap up into like you have like chips in your brain. Yeah. And your memory is stored in this little tiny thing and then it, you can go back and replay it and your whole consciousness is on like a little... I mean, if you think about it, if we were able to store memories, because the brain is really a computer, Mm -hmm. it's a natural computer, but Mm -hmm. that is where we get a lot of our artificial intelligence is from studying the brain and how it works. And so if we're able to store memories, maybe we could cure, uh, what is the? Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Because you forget things, right? That's what Alzheimer's is. It's just like your memory. I mean, there's a lot more to it, but maybe you could load up your memories again. Who knows? I feel like when people think of like 
technology in the future, like that is like what comes to my mind specifically. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, like to go back and see what people thought. Like it is interesting. <laughs> the year two thousand and twenty would be like, but yeah, that's what comes to my mind. So baseball players. There was a baseball game that I played when I was little called Super Baseball twenty twenty, <laughs> and like half of the half the players were robots. And the ro umpires Flying were robots, which the MLB announced that they were going to implement robotic umpires. Really? Mm -hmm. That's I don't know. The like robotic that. strike zone. I think it's just in the minor leagues for now, but but yeah, that's part of the trend. So Elon buying Twitter was definitely a huge. I mean, Elon controlled the headlines this year, at least yeah. the the second half of the year. For sure. With SpaceX launches going to Mars. Uh, the launch of their artificial intelligence bot, what, what was it called? Optimus, mm -hmm. the purchasing of Twitter, and the, then just everything that has happened. Starlink over Starlink. Ukraine. That's right. I forgot about Ukraine. Yeah, yeah he, he powered Ukraine through Starlink. I mean, Elon, this was definitely. China now, right? Yeah. Or until recently. This was definitely the year <laughs> of Elon. Elon was definitely, I mean, I don't know how, who was the people man of the year or whatever? Do they do that? Or time Gosh. man of the year? Let's see. I mean, if it's not Elon, Person then. Person of the year, I doubt it who, is. It's it, probably some obscure. For political reasons, it's probably not Elon. But And his, some of the stuff that he did was not always great. But if you really want to talk about man of the year, who controlled the year, it was Elon. Does that say Zelensky? Yeah. I... As in Ukraine? Okay. The president? Of Ukraine? That may, okay. I, I could see I that. I don't mind that. Yeah, I could totally see that. I do not mind that. I could see that. And, but, you know, and Elon assisted Zelensky through Starlink. So there, if, we're tech, if we're talking about technology. So I think that, you know, Elon definitely controlled a lot of the headlines. Most, his biggest headlines of the year were, what, SpaceX? Joe Rogan's on there. Going DeSantis, to Mars. Joe Biden. Putin, so pretty much every Everybody. world leader that you can think of. Just big names. Mm -hmm. Rogan, nice. That's interesting because he's in the category with leaders. Well, he is it a is thought all political leader. people and then Joe Rogan. He is for sure a thought leader. Mm -hmm. Which Elon was on Rogan talking about the future of tech and how he believes artificial intelligence needs to be regulated and all this stuff. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's working to put microchips in your brain so you know who knows if he's a good guy or not i don't know he's still yet to be seen on elon but purchasing twitter for 44 billion dollars was definitely a huge headline of this year and it definitely is not over we're not done reading about twitter and uh, everything that is to come which a lot of that had to do with ftx which i know that you're not a big into the crypto world, but mm -hmm. I don't understand it. So we can't do an end of year wrap up without mentioning FTX founder. Go for it. So I've seen the memes, but I don't. Yeah. Know. The guy, first off, who trusts this guy with that much money? A lot of celebrities. It's apparently. crazy. This guy is, the guy is a fraud, literally is a fraud, but I mean, by just, I don't know. This guy is, his name is Sam Bankman fried or freed people call him SBF, which he is being, he's in a lawsuit right now for, I believe $11 billion. Yeah. <laughs> FTX founder, Sam 
Bankman Fried or Freed or who cares, SBF, has been named in an $11 billion proposed class action lawsuit that alleges the sale of unregistered securities and fraud. Numerous celebrities endorsers of FTX uh, and its tokens because basically FTX existed for the purchase of small tokens. So Bitcoin had its big boom. Everybody's heard of Bitcoin. And his idea, like the promotion of FTX, was basically like selling penny stocks. So if you think of, have you seen The Wolf of Wall Street? I hate that movie. You hate The Wolf of Wall Street? I don't like it. It's so long. It's a great movie. Men love that movie. (laughs) Maybe. I hate it. You're probably right. What what was his name, though? Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, the real one? Jordan Belfour. Jordan Belfour. So Jordan Belfour... SBF is essentially the Jordan Belfort of crypto, except he looks like an idiot and he's just a, he's just a huge nerd that has zero to no communication skills and just got played basically. So as, as much as Jordan Belfort was like a shark, SPF was played. So I don't know if he means well or not. A lot of the stuff that you see is coming out right now where he's playing all of this, like we have to take care of your, consumers and we got to make sure that we do things that are right and da, da, da. that is script this guy is is feeding you lies but i believe that he was played but jordan belfort what he did was he took the stock market and manipulated people into purchasing penny stocks that's like the whole that's how he got rich and and then he embezzled money and he had all kinds of fraud and did all kinds of evil messed up things outside of it right yeah. but he manipulated people into purchasing these stocks that were crap stocks you know that's essentially what sbf did but in crypto i see so instead of you buying bitcoin or uh, litecoin or ethereum or any of these established coins so that you may or may not have heard of you've heard it's of bitcoin the dog do, uh, dogecoin or do, or dog but dogecoin is another penny coin so dogecoin is essentially a it's 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 crap it's just it's without getting too deep into the technology and the and everything behind it it's just a it's a coin that somebody made as a joke quite literally dogecoin was created as a joke mm-hmm. and it just got a bunch of celebrity people to pump it up including elon on twitter you know and and so but it was a penny coin. It started at like pennies of pe- like pennies of pennies and got up to almost a dollar and then crashed. Well, FTX, basically the whole foundation of FTX and what he was trying to push was basically like everybody can have a coin kind of a thing. And he presented it as like the people's thing. But he created without getting too deep into the whole thing that happened was he had his, he had control of the own bank, giving himself loans on coins that he created that he was selling through his own platform, no. and it was basically fraud. And now it's getting all brought out that he was selling money and loaning money against money that he wasn't even supposed to do in his own bylaws, and he's getting caught up. And it was he was taking all kinds of, I mean, it just fraud. He was taking money from people, convincing them to buy these penny stocks which were penny coins and then just frauding on them. And so here are some of the people that he convinced because they don't know that cryptocurrency is so advanced 
in when you're trying to explain it to somebody because it uh, of the whole uh, you know BitLocker and everything around it, it gets very confusing if you don't understand. Even stocks is confusing, yeah. and you see people still get taken advantage of that. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea behind the blockchain and everything is confusing. And so here are some people that got caught up in coin, cryptocurrency. They're big names. Huge names. Yeah. Tom Brady, Giselle, mm -hmm. Kevin O'Leary, uh, who's that? Udonis Haslam, David Ortiz. Kevin O'Leary is like one of the Shark Tank people, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Steph Curry, Shaquille O'Neal, Trevor Lawrence, who is the was the number one overall pick two years ago in the NFL plays quarterback for the uh, Jaguars. Uh, Shohi Atahani. I think that is the pitcher. Can you look this up? I think he's the pitcher for the LA, the, the Los Angeles angels. S H O H E I O H T A N I. He is right. He's the, for the angels. Yep. So he was, he's essentially the best player in major league baseball right now. He is a DH and a pitcher. He was the AL MVP. He is MLB's poster child right now. Best player in baseball. He's caught up in this. Larry David. You know who Larry David is? Kirby mm -hmm. Enthusiasm. Kirby Enthusiasm, Seinfeld. I mean, huge name. Right. And then Naomi Osaka. I don't know who Naomi Osaka is. Look up who Naomi Osaka is. I guarantee it's another huge name. And all of these people... Not named here. Oh, right there. It, Japanese tennis players. They love sports. Sports. People. In connection with at least $1 billion in customer funds disappearing from the exchange. A billion dollars just up and vanished out of. So I, we're putting money. We're putting money. We're putting money. Us, you and I, we're buying these penny stocks, penny cryptos, coins that, that we are being convinced by these huge names and then a billion dollars just poof, open goes and goes away. No idea where it went. Also named in the is the Golden State Warriors, the basketball team. <laughs> just who, the whole team. <laughs> who had their they said that FTX was the official trading platform of the Golden State Warriors oh, no. and their stadium was FTX Stadium. They had the naming oh, rights. No. So huge, huge fraud. There will be a movie about this. That will be similar to the Wolf of Wall Street that will be about FTX. Now, there are the conspiracy theories out there that and I will just very briefly review this in conspiracy theory because I don't want to get down too much into it. But that Joe Biden and the U.S. government was been giving money to Ukraine. FTX was connected with Ukraine. So you could say that. The money, well, these are this is the conspiracy. I've not heard this one. That US aid money that was going to Ukraine was then funneled into FTX through uh cryptocurrency to uh as an investment through Ukraine. Then the FTX uh FTX and 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 what is the F uh SBF was the Democratic Party's number one donor, I think of the tune to like $700 million. 
And then after they donated $700 million, here, look that fact check that for me. How much money did FTX give to the Democratic Party? At the day after they donated the money, filed for bankruptcy. So they're saying that this is the com total conspiracy that the United States government gave money to Ukraine. Ukraine then put money into FTX and then FTX then funneled that money back into the Democratic Party to the tune of how much money? I don't remember how much it is. $700 million. Now, I'm reading an article right now that says verify no evidence crypto company FTX laundered Ukraine aid money to Democrats. There's no evidence of it, but it is certainly a question that is out there that I would not be surprised to find out that it is real because this guy is a huge fraud, huge yeah. fraud. Yeah, I, I don't know uh, the exact number, but he literally said himself, the guy, he planned to spend anywhere between 100 million and $1 billion to assist influence in the campaigns for 2024. I believe 700 million was the final number that That's I saw. Insane. So. That they're just straight up saying that. Whether or not you believe that the, the Ukraine money was used and funneled through FTX into the Democratic, right. fraud money was. Because a billion dollars just up and vanished. And then you have upwards of, of a billion dollars, 700 million is what I saw, that was funneled into the Democratic Party through FTX in this fraud. So Congress, we are waiting to see if Congress is going to look how deep they're going to look into this. There are allegations of civil conspiracy here. There is uh, a House lawmakers probe. So the U.S. House Financial Services Committee said it will hold a hearing uh, this year, December, uh, on the FTX collapse. And the House, in a statement released November of this year, is seeking answers about the platform's financial ruin. The hearing will call some of the major players involved in this fiasco. So this is not, we are not done with this. This is kind of like, if we're talking about year in review, this is definitely like end of year that happened. But the bottom line, FTX continues its uh, downward spiral, which the guy, this this guy who is, he's going and speaking on these major shows. He's going and speaking at conferences right now. Uh, right now? Right now. <laughs> and they're asking him these questions like, did you commit fraud? And he's like, oh, I'm really sorry. And you're like, Oh, no. Yeah, the guy is – I don't know who is advising him to go speak at these conferences and to keep doing these media rounds, but it's, it is not good. So that will definitely be – that will probably be more so 2023 because mm -hmm. the hearings and everything like that that's going to happen is definitely going to take over the first quarter of next year, mm -hmm. but crazy. Then when you get into fraud oh, – <laughs> Elizabeth Holmes. Well, pop culture. Same kind of thing, though. Super. I mean, so there's a show on HBO, which I know you're into big into your HBO shows. Hulu. Actually, it was great. It's called The Dropout. What, this was? The Dropout? That is About her? It's about her? Yeah. So there's Did an you H watch it? No, I didn't watch The Dropout. Oh. Yeah, it was great. You've seen it? Yeah. So she, she is a dropout. So tell me about this show, Hulu, because there's an HBO show that goes over the blood pill that she... So Elizabeth Holmes, um, she started a company back in, I want to say, like the early, mid-2000s. Yeah. Um, she dropped out of college. She didn't actually graduate. Um, let's see. She Theranos. started Theranos she started a company. in 2003. So she had this idea, right? Yeah. And people couldn't really, didn't really 
get behind it. But she she was all about it. So she dropped out of college. She started this company called Theranos, which mm-hmm. is a blood testing company. Yep. Um, she started at the age of 19. So she, right. you're right. She dropped out of college at the age of 19. She was like the youngest billionaire yep. named. And they later revoked that. Um from yep. her saying basically that she had no money at all. So she raised $945 million from an impressive list of investors, including media mogul Rupert Murdoch. She uh, had stores in Walgreens, little centers in yep. Walgreens. Basically, the whole thing is that... Walmart got back behind her. Mm-hmm. Yep. She never actually had a product. She was never she able actually the to... the entire yeah. time. They were never able to have a successful product. They were cherry-picking results um and kind of faking it they faked it with like cancer patients yeah um yeah wild story but somehow she like just this blonde girl and she was able to get these huge companies behind her um and continue giving her a lot of money massive fraud so the company began to unravel after a wall street journal investigation in 2015 found yeah so one of her younger employees which is the grandson of one of her bigger um Supporters. Investors, I want to yeah. say like a U.S. congressman or something mm. like that. Senator, I forget the name. Um, but he was the grandson and he ended up working there. And him and another girl um, reported it because they found out basically they were just using like these Siemens machines behind closed doors. Yeah. Doing their work doing instead. Blood and they testing. Were picking, you know, what they wanted their results to be. So they ended up reporting it. Um, yeah, it was a wild, wild story, but... Yeah, so it says, here, I'll read part of this article. This is from CNN Business. It says, the investigation, the Wall Street Journal investigation of 2015 found the company had only ever performed roughly a dozen of the hundreds of tests it offered using its preparatory blood testing device, which that was their whole, their whole thing was that they could use this blood. This tiny little device that you could have in any store instead of having to do these huge, you know, things. And it would test for a bunch of other things, too. And basically find out what's wrong with you right. and could, in theory, cure any disease, right? So it was the idea behind this was like shattering and she was everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. I, I believe there's one interview where they did where uh, somebody's just totally fanboying her and being like, you are you are our generation's like hero and all. Well, maybe we'll try and find that. In the- it's wild. So they recreate, you know, these scenes from her company and it's just like insane how crazy like the culture in in there so in in 2016 theranos uh, avoided two years of blood test results and then in 2018 holmes and theranos settled a massive fraud charges uh with the securities and the exchange commission but did not admit or deny any of the allegations as part of the deal. Uh, So this has been like just some ongoing thing and it really blew up in her face this year, as she was sentenced to 11 years in prison for fraud. Yep. So now at the age of 38, so almost 20 years of fraud. She started the company when she was 19. She's now 38. 20 years of fraud. So in July of this year, um, they are found guilty on all 12 charges in a separate trial and faces the same potential maximum prison sentence of her. That was uh, Balwani, who was one of her partners, I guess, in uh, – it was her then-boyfriend, CEO. Yep, the whole CLO. time. People didn't know yeah. about it. Um, he ended up, like, taking over once she kind of got in trouble right. a little bit. 
people still didn't know that they were, you know, dating. It, it's a wild story. It was these two basically just duped, and they, they... Lied. and then it shows you in the in the show as well. Like they maybe get like one actual result, like it's a one time it works, and they used it. Like mm-hmm. when they were doing some big presentation, they faked it. Yeah. Um, and then they just kept faking it and kept moving the dates and pretending, pretending. They used a lot of like NDAs and lawyers and things like that to say, oh, it's, you know, special information. Like, right. Covered I it can't up. show you. Yeah. It was. Crazy. And people bought into it because, like you said, she's this blonde haired, mm-hmm. you know, like tech, you know, in the tech industry, you get more people who look like George. Uh, so George Schultz. Um, his grandson was the one. George he Holt. was one of her best friends' advisors, like on the board, um, who was the former U.S. Secretary of Treasury. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. So his grandson was the one who actually ended up like um, finding it out. Yeah, breaking the news. Yep. In the tech industry, you get more people who look like the FTX founder uh, than you do the uh, Theranos founder. So there are more Elizabeth. There are less Elizabeth Holmes. Nobody looks like Elizabeth Holmes in uh in in big tech they, they, she is the she's a good looking blonde haired you know thought to be genius and so people bought into her and they got behind her in fact even after all these allegations of fraud and proof of fraud it says more than a hundred people wrote letters in support of Holmes uh asking for leniency in her sentencing yeah she she very much like the other guy the ftx guy she just still kept doing interviews still He's, kept like pushing and people herself. believed her because she's this good looking blonde girl not a 19 year old success story dropout that everyone was buying into back then. i mean the the you have still to this day you have all these Instagram entrepreneurs that are like, oh, I dropped out of college. And, I, you know, that's the Facebook story of Zuckerberg. He was a college dropout. You have um, who was the founder of Napster? <laughs> I don't actually he know, but a, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, <laughs> right. He was but he was a I don't think he ever went to college. He was he just graduated high school and start, and founded Napster. Sean something. Which he was actually. Sean Parker. Nope. He was actually the CEO, the first, or not, not the CEO. He was the first ever president of Facebook. Um, was his whoever his name was? You'll find him, I'm sure. And he never went to college, so you have all this like Instagram entrepreneurs that are like drop out. Which um, the guy who wrote, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. He's a huge marketer. He, he is like kind of pushing like, don't go to college. Gary V, Gary Vanacek. I gave you that book, Crushing It, actually. He pushes a lot, don't go to college. Drop out. You don't need to go to college. Start a business, right? So there's this mindset behind people where it's like, I don't need to go to college. And so and people- sometimes I do. Like, I agree. Like, you don't need to go to college. I don't think you do. Everything. You need experience, right? I'm all for like- um technical colleges and things like that we definitely need more of that if you're doing surgery on me <laughs> please you go to college. <laughs> better have a doctorate right okay you better have studied lengthy if you're starting if you're an entrepreneur mm-hmm. i don't care if you're in the trades you oftentimes you can make more money not going to college enter into the trades trade so school. i do think that's a case-by-case basis but my point is is that you get all of these influencers that are looking for YouTubers. these unicorns right you know they're like 
And so they want someone to point to, to say, look how much of a success they were and they dropped out. That's where you get the Zuckerbergs and you get the Napster guy. You get uh, Elizabeth Holmes. And so it's this good looking blonde chick who dropped out of college. And so everybody wanted her to succeed. They wanted her to be the unicorn. They wanted her to be this success story, even after it had all been found out to be a fraud. Mm -hmm. And so she gets 11 years this year. So you have this. That's where we were saying this is there's so much fraud. 2022, you have the Twitter, Facebook stuff that came out about them covering things up. You have Elizabeth Holmes sentenced to 11 years. You have this ongoing FTX stuff that's going to that I think is going to end really, really bad. Uh, and then you had the great resignation, quiet quitting. And on a positive note, the increase of work from home <laughs> for people's well-being, um, which leads us to what we think 23 will look like. So we'll start with you. What do you think 23 looks like? I mean, I think you touched on it a little bit. So definitely more of like a four day work week, definitely more results based, mm -hmm. um, production based yeah. um, sorts of jobs and things like that. I agree with you. I think that's the future. I think next year is going to be collaborative intelligence. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot more bots. So get used to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, the, I see more and more things about AI, collaborative mm -hmm. intelligence, like every day. This is the over the next three to five years, you're going to see collaborative intelligence, artificial intelligence, automation, automation. is going to be a huge boom. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be you're going to see bots everywhere. And everybody is going to be able to afford a bot. And when I say a bot, I mean these chat bots that are you know, processing orders, mm -hmm. processing information and delivering it to customers quicker, better, faster. We've got a little bot. We do have a little bot named Cloudette. Yeah, right on your head there. Oh, this is Cloudette. Yeah, on my hat She's here. She's so cute. I know. I love, I love Cloudette. <laughs> you can dress her up. For, I need to change her. You do need to change her. She's, she a, she's in her Thanksgiving hat. stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Put a Santa hat on her. Post her on up there. But you'll see more of this. And the reason why I know this, well, you go to any conference and I'll say that. But if you look at the trends and the cost... So generally speaking, a lot of tech organizations will price out the everyday consumer because they want to essentially roll something out in a beta capacity to say, oh, we're going to price out everyone so that everyone can't get to it and break it so we can find out the bugs. And so Microsoft has a bot program called Power Virtual Agents, which is part of their power platform. So they have Power Apps, Power Automate. Power Automate is their automation tool, similar to a Zapier, if you guys are familiar with that. Then you have Power Apps, which is their low-code, no-code builder. So you can build, you can rapidly build applications with uh, PowerFX, which is their Power Functions language that they came out with last year, which is similar to Excel, if you ever wrote an Excel function like equals sum this, similar language. So they're rolling out this these tools to developers and the the power users and the industry and saying, go build, build quicker, better, faster. And when Power Virtual Agents was first released two years ago, which we built a bot, as soon as it was released, we built. And back then in 2020, it was $1,000 a month to, to have a bot. Now I went in this week and it is $200 a month with $100 or $50 add-ins wherever you want. And there's more connectivities and more things. And so that number, the $200 a month, might even go down a little bit more. It might eventually be free because if you look at Power Portals, which was their last thing to release, was they did it the same way. It was $1,000 a month, and now it's free. 
I, I don't even see a price tag associated with power portals in our environment. It might not be free. I might be wrong, but we have it for free. I went to go create one the other day and there was no price tag associated with it. And I was like, okay, well maybe they're hiding it, but it used to be right in your face, thousand dollars a month. Right. And that's definitely our focus. I know you sent out that letter the other day talking about the future of 2023. That's, that's staying ahead of trends and that's it. The automation, the trends are Dataverse, mm -hmm. which Dataverse is just, uh, quickly spun up SQL tables essentially is what it is. It's a relational database service for all my tech heads out there but it's, it's quickly built tables and databases that you can deploy. Uh, that's what Dataverse Microsoft is doing, which if Microsoft's doing it, everybody's doing it, right? It's just the next wave of user-friendly cloud computing. And you're using that to build bots and automation. And if your company doesn't have a bot this next year, you will be looking into it and you will probably have one because they are very quick to build. You, I just built another bot the other day. It took me two weeks and I built it, it's fully functional, does all kinds of crazy things. So much so, now the virtual, uh, Power Virtual Agents, which if you guys wanna learn more about this, go to our website, fill out the form, let's talk about it, let's have a real consultation of how we can build it. I'll give you a full demo of, of how it works. But Power Virtual Agents now, you can suggest a topic, is what it's called. You copy a hyperlink, so if you go to capitalpresence.com federal, mm -hmm. you copy that link, you paste it into the bot under a suggested topic. It then uses artificial intelligence to crawl through that website you gave it and then suggest topics of conversation for the bot to talk Ooh. about. So if you, the bot, then you could just type in federal government to the chatbot and the chatbot will take the, the content from the website and spit it back to the person to be like capital presence services, the department of defense and the U S military, all that it got from our website. So it is crazy yeah. the amount of stuff that's going to, that's all, that's all coming three to five years. Everybody will have a bot. We'll be ahead of it. We're already two years in. So if I'm two years in, then the big guys, it's, you know, they're already, they're already ahead of me. I'm just trying to keep up, but I think we're doing good. I think we're doing good too, but that's, that's the year that was. And, uh, you know, happy new year. Do you have any resolutions for 23? <laughs> uh, I don't know yet. You don't know? Mm. I don't do resolutions. I actually I thought about it. I filled out for the Washington Business Journal, who hopefully we get Washington best Business Best place Journal, to work again. Best place to work again. Three years in a row. Three, three Pete. One, That's a goal. two, three. That is a resolution of ours. Uh, but they sent me a thing like, what did you think about 2022? You know? Like what, what were the, what were bad things that happened? What good things happened? And I was just like, look, like it was great for us. We had a great year. Artificial intelligence automation is on the rise. That's what we do before 2020 people laughed at us and we're like, why would I want that? And now people, everybody wants it. We had zero turnover on clients. We didn't lose a single client this year. So this was a yeah, great, more. it was a great year for us. All growth. And, uh, you know, what went, they were like, what went bad? I'm like, I didn't have, like, we were blessed this year. This was a great year for us. I, you know, I kind of don't want 2022 to end. I thought this was a great year. So yeah, I'm looking forward to 23 because of how good 22 was to us. Um, I'm excited for it. I don't do resolutions though. It asked us, it asked in the, 
watched a business journal, like what my resolution was. You should always have goals. I don't do them. I don't do resolutions. I have just, I got, I got goals. I already got goals. Right. They're not, the new year does not dictate my, my resolutions, you know? I don't do that. Now, we have goals internally as an organization. Sure. Which we're 19 subscribers away from 400. At least we were this morning, so... Subscribe to our YouTube, guys. Please, that's my goal. That is your goal. I believe it was 400 by the end of the year. So help that out. Share out. Share it out so Sydney can get hers. Yeah, that's right. Go make 19 friends. Oh, I will make sure. We might have to just... my family members. I'll make them all a YouTube channel. We might have to just do this holidays. Let's just, hey, what do you want for Christmas? I want you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll do it. There you go. Well, guys, go subscribe. So if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for subscribing. Hit the like, comment below what you thought. If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, leave us a review. That's how uh, we grow this podcast, how we grow this community. Speaking of communities, go to Facebook uh, and go to the Go Work Wherever Facebook community. It's a private community. Guys, go on there. We share links. We share news. We have conversations about working wherever. We go live in there on this podcast as well. So you'll get podcasts, live podcasts where you can ask us questions and stuff like that and participate in the podcast. So yeah, anything to add, Sid? I don't think so. Nothing to add? Well, guys, one happy... One day I'll uh, have something. What was that? It's one day I'll have something. One day you'll have something. <laughs> Hopefully you guys enjoyed 2022 as much as we did. Hopefully you are still enjoying this podcast. Um, thanks for hanging out. Wishing you and yours a great 2023. Happy New Year and until next year. Well, leave a comment, actually. If you have something that you ever want us to talk about, Please leave a comment. There you go. Please leave it below and we'll, we'll tackle it. If you get bored of listening to us, listening to us talk about robots and Killer whatnot, robots. Leave a comment. Yep. We'll tackle it next year here in the new year of 2023. Happy New Year's, guys. Until next time. See you. Hey, everyone. This is Sydney just popping in, letting you know that we ended up reaching our goal of 400 subscribers this year for Christmas. And we are so thankful to everyone who subscribed and continues to watch us on a daily basis. And we look forward to 2023. Well, guys, thanks so much for watching and or listening. We have had a great time. Hope you did, too. You can find all of the Work Wherever podcast episodes here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or all of your major streaming platforms with new episodes dropping every Monday. Make sure to follow us at Capital Presence on all social platforms to stay up to date with the things all work wherever related. See you next week.